0: Hello and welcome to Living an Illuminated Life, your guide to the mystic, elevating you to your highest self and helping heal our planet. And now your host, psychic intuitive, James Vitale.
1: Thank you. Welcome everyone to the show. I hope that this is enlightening and inspiring for you and that you can derive some practical daily wisdom from what we discuss here today.
0: Let's tell everyone a little bit about you. You're a particularly uh, talented man. You discovered your gifts at an early age. Can you talk to us about that experience?
1: My abilities manifested so soon that I didn't realize for quite a while that other children— other people were different than I was, so I thought that everyone saw and felt what I felt, and it, it took me till around the age of six or seven to realize that that was not the case.
0: Well, what exactly was happening? I mean, were you were you seeing visions? Uh, how did it affect you?
1: Well, now again, looking back in retrospect, I do realize that what I was seeing were auras. I was seeing a lot of energies, a lot of um, a lot of lights, a lot of sounds. I don't think that that all of those necessarily meant something dramatic was going on. I I think I was simply seeing extrasensory phenomena that most people either don't see or are very used to filtering out.
0: And now, for people that may not know, what exactly is an aura?
1: The aura ultimately is the energy field surrounding the human body. The easiest one to discern without getting too technical is the physical aura, which is of the lowest vibratory rate and is the easiest to discern and there are primarily again speaking in, in rudimentary terms there are two other fields enveloping the human body which are the psychic aura and the spiritual aura
0: and I'm taking it that, that most people don't see auras. That's not an everyday occurrence. You don't see a color field around people when you talk to them or engage with them.
1: Correct. Now, I think I do think that to some degree, the physical aura, which is of the lowest vibration, I do think that most people are actually kind of filtering it out. I think they see it, but it's so distracting that they tend to filter it out because it would be too much basically too much information for them to process at one time. It's too distracting.
0: So this might have been, you know, to an average child, a small boy or girl, this could be quite frightening because this is not quote-unquote normal. What advice do you have for someone who might be confused or questioning what's going on, that they may be seeing something that others can't?
1: That's a good question. Like most, I think, people with different talents, we are highly individual. Everyone's obviously genetically unique. Even twins actually have some genetic variation. So we're all ultimately unique. We all have different talents on all the spectrum, but that also applies to the realm of psychic phenomena. So everybody's gonna be perceiving something a little bit different in a little bit of a different way. Well, ultimately what they need to do is they need to learn to- Control it? To use it practically, yes.
0: So is everyone psychic to a certain degree and they just have to develop these talents or are some more inclined to this than others?
1: It's both. Yes, I mean, like we can all speak, we can all run, we can all move around. So, everyone has, everyone is psychic in that sense. As far as some people having more talent than others and more ability or more innate talent and ability to develop in that direction, that is definitely true. But, you know, I can't be a world class uh, Olympic runner. That certainly doesn't mean I can't keep myself in great physical shape and enjoy running on a regular basis.
0: Mm-hmm. What is one of the most important tenets of being a Rosicrucian, and how has this helped with your personal journey as a psychic intuitive?
1: Well, for, for me, the Rosicrucian order was honestly a lifesaver. Um, I had no real control over my abilities, no understanding of how they worked. My father did have a large occult library which did help me to some degree, understand that there was some validity to what I was experiencing. But as far as actual discipline, training, and understanding on a practical level, the Rosicrucian Order really helped me with that.
0: Would you advise people to join the Rosicrucians if they're so inclined? How would they go about that if they feel this could be valuable to them?
1: I, I could not recommend the Rosicrucian Order any more highly than, than possible. I mean, it, it is a fantastic organization in my opinion. It has several different facets, the fraternal, more social one, the private study, which in my view is the most valuable. The the best place to find the information about it, honestly, is rosicrucianorder.org online. There are introductory videos and introductory material there for anybody who's interested in serious study.
0: And what do they do that's so special and unique? How do they take someone in and help them with their psychic abilities? How did it help you?
1: I think a lot of people, when they have psychic abilities, they... You're very tempted, kind of like I was when my psychic abilities really began to expand when I was about 15 years old. You're very tempted when you experience these things, because you know not everybody else can do what you can do, you're very tempted to be very impressed with yourself. Think very highly of yourself. Wow, you know, this is amazing what I can do. I'm so special, everybody's going to love me, you know, type thing. And and uh, of course, that's not the case. Some people wind up being very afraid of you instead. I think what the Rosicrucian order does is bring you back down to earth and start in a very rudimentary way, very basic way to help you discipline your abilities, which, um, again, without regular... Psychic exercise, I guess is, is the best way to put it, without using your creative imagination, without learning how to meditate, doing the different experiments that the Rosicrucian order suggests, it's very difficult to develop any serious control or acumen with your intuitive abilities.
0: Well, isn't it just like if you almost thought of psychic development in terms of a muscle? I mean, if you, if you want to be a weightlifter, you go to the gym. If you want to be a concert violinist, you practice, you study. All of this is integral to your development as a human being with these special gifts, if you will.
1: And that's an excellent analogy, actually. Yes, I would say that that definitely applies. I think when people first discover their intuitive abilities, usually when they're teenagers, when you're going through puberty, is when it tends to really pronounce itself. There's this tendency, we hear it all the time in the metaphysical community, um, I'm gifted. I'm gifted, you know, she's gifted, he's gifted. And yes, there may be some talent there, but uh, the Rosicrucian order kind of brings you back down to earth and says there are a lot of people with these abilities. And yes, even though you're talented, and yes, even though you're gifted, like a physically strong weightlifter might be, like somebody with musical talent and being able to play the violin, Uh, They still have to study, they Mm -hmm. still have to practice, they still have to develop discipline, and there are tons of very small, subtle skills that they need to develop. They need to exert a significant amount of effort to do that.
0: Have you ever felt that maybe other people can sense them? Um, Do you find that some psychic people, or gifted people, if you will, have been bullied, feel alone? don't feel like they fit in anywhere have you come across this in your dealings with people with intuitive natures
1: absolutely and and i'm going to draw some on my experience with remote viewing training as well with major ed dames uh one of the things they did when they were now this is a small very small group of people um, as far as the remote viewing candidates in the beginning, they were all—they all belonged to the military.
0: What exactly is it? What does it do?
1: Remote viewing is a very structured and rigorous system of psychic perception developed by the CIA and military intelligence. And most people know it when they delve into this by its original program name the stargate program
0: so this is a real thing and and our military used employed this
1: they they used it for 20 years and they put very little money into it for the time but it was over 20 million dollars over 20 years and it yielded quoting Dr. Paul Smith, who was one of the remote viewers, and he's re- he's retired from the U.S. Army now, his estimate was that the actionable intelligence was 38% with remote viewing, where all of the other combined traditional methods of other methods of spying, having folks inside, giving them information, the actionable intelligence was 8%. Remote viewing program was far more effective, but of course, it's Unusual, unorthodox, and uh, there were some folks in uh, the government and in military intelligence who really didn't like the idea of using psychic spies, and the program was eventually defunded.
0: Haven't there been movies and definitely uh, documentaries about this subject that people could watch if they want to learn more specifically?
1: Yes. One just came out, and I would highly recommend it. It's called Third Eye Spies.
0: Sounds intriguing.
1: And it is available on Netflix and Amazon, Amazon Prime. That's one of, that's one of the best ones because you have actually Russell Targ and uh, Hal Putoff in that one. And they were the ones who helped in- initially develop the remote viewing protocols with the natural psychic Ingo Swan
0: uh, You value meditation as, a, as an important technique to elevate self. And I think some people feel a little lost when they try to at first meditate and get into this and discipline themselves enough to do it every day. What simple tips can you give our listeners to be more proficient and adept, inspiring about meditation? Share with us.
1: Well, it, it is interesting. I was looking Um, online earlier today, and I I hope you don't mind me digressing a little bit here, and I saw a meditation class that was being offered with the kind of subtitle or topic being How to Make Meditation Fun. Mm -hmm. I I just... uh, I, I, I was a little flabbergasted with what I was reading.
0: Does that seem like a dichotomy to you? Should meditation not be fun? Or or maybe it should be fun so that people will want to do it more.
1: If you Let me put it this way. If you're trying to meditate and you are having that much trouble, you're not doing it right. I uh-huh. mean, that, that's the bottom line. If, if you're having to exert that much effort, there is some effort required, like sleep, eating, like other normal functions that we do. Uh, meditation is actually a very natural process. Here in the West, in, you know, in the Western Hemisphere, what we've gotten over the past 100 years is a lot of folks coming in from India Mm -hmm. who started various meditation uh, movements. And some of those between the old style techniques and between the translation into modern English from old Sanskrit or old other Indian dialects, there's been a little bit of loss of translation. So what everybody thinks here in the West, the popular conception is you need to empty your mind. And to be blunt, there's no way to empty your mind. That's true. Nobody empties their mind, not even the most developed. Bodhisattvas
0: or elevated ascended masters. Correct. It's hard to do.
1: Their thoughts will slow down once their brainwaves get to a certain level, but nobody's brainwaves stop per se. So that's a, a common misconception.
0: So how should you start? I mean, do you need a mat? you need quiet? You know, sit in the lotus position? Or is there no conventional way? Is it what's working for you?
1: Well, there is a lot of what's working for you because it's very individual. For instance, I typically, I have a meditation chair and I'm extremely comfortable sitting in lotus position. Mm-hmm. It really helps me tune in, but you certainly don't need to. Some people could sit in a comfortable chair. Some people could lay down with, if they were not going to fall asleep. If they don't typically fall asleep under those circumstances, they could actually lay down and meditate. But real meditation tends to be self-healing. If, if we get a cut on our arm, it, it begin, our body immediately begins to heal. When we go into a meditative state, our psyche and emotions tend to immediately begin to heal. So it's a very natural process. It's not fun per se, but it's definitely very therapeutic, and it can be very, very enlightening. There are two phases mainly. There's an active phase. Active means active visualization. And then there is a passive phase where the uh, meditator is then receptive to any information that is coming through from their from their inner self or any inspiration. Sometimes, sometimes it's just remembering ideas. Sometimes you could have a whole book pop into your mind. Considering how self-healing and how, how much information your inner self has to give you on a practical level, almost anything can come out of good meditation. When people first learn how to meditate, it can be extremely difficult to learn how to get into what's called a deep meditation.
0: Like an alpha state or, or a even deeper a theta well, the, state or right, I'm just right. naming Greek letters here. Yeah. <laughs> Omega. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the and, and, those, and those are great questions. I think when people first like for me, I'm a, I'm a very a type personality. So it was very difficult for me to do nothing. Once you begin to practice, and again, you have to exert a certain amount of effort to do this. I I firmly believe you go into a light alpha state, then into a deep alpha state, and when you really master meditation, you will go into a theta brainwave state, which is a little bit slower, and that is that has been called by science the super learning state. That is definitely where most of the inspired ideas will come from, where any number of solutions to your daily problems will come through frequently without you even asking. They will simply be offered up by your inner self.
0: That's wild.
1: I do think that people on very rare occasions can get to delta brainwave state, which is more equivalent to sleep, where Hmm. your thoughts almost do entirely stop. But that's extremely rare. Theta is the most useful, but it takes probably about four months for somebody of regular practice to get into a good deep state.
0: It, it's like anything else. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Correct. It's so hard in today's society with technological marvels all around us, <laughs> computers and, and video games. And, you know, it's a crazy world we live in. So it's very hard to unplug literally from all of that stuff and just make the time. You've got to make the time for yourself to do this, to heal yourself, to reach an elevated state and to be better at it all around. Am I right?
1: Yes. And to let let your emotions and your psyche do what it's good at and heal things.
0: Well, thank you for this. Um, And how can people get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you if they want more information?
1: The easiest way to get a hold of me is actually to go to my website, ancientcitypsychic.com.
0: You have any final thoughts for the listeners?
1: Any process of development or enlightenment, learning anything in life, is going to be somewhat challenging. I just would encourage uh, anybody who is interested, who might be having what they think to be extrasensory perception or any challenging experiences, I would encourage them to simply seek the answers i mean the old adage goes seek and you shall find uh the answers are available and uh, they are out there and i would just encourage you to keep going and the mystery of life is just much deeper than we maybe in the west on a secular superficial level are, are realizing and it's okay there are just deeper aspects of ourselves to explore you'll be okay keep pushing ahead this
0: has been your guide to the mystic elevating you to your highest self and helping heal our planet living an illuminated life with James Vitali, We'll see you next time. Until then, may your path always be clear and brilliantly illuminated. Bright blessings.